Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my pleasure to welcome today's program, Andy Dyer, who's President of Transportation Management at AFS Logistics. And today we're going to talk about how to prevent your TMS from becoming a shock absorber. So we've got horrible roads here where I live. I mean, you know, lots of bumps and potholes, you know, everywhere. So not surprising, I've had to replace the shock absorbers on my car, you know, more, more than one time. But what does a shock absorber do? Well, you know, they dampen and absorb all those bumps uh, in the road so that your car can travel as smoothly as possible. If you're a transportation manager, you probably feel like you've been a shock absorber uh, of your company's supply chain logistics operations, especially over the past few years. What does that mean exactly? And what actions can companies take to prevent their TMS from becoming a shock absorber? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to explore in today's episode. And it's great to have Andy on the program to share his insights and perspective on the topic. So Andy, welcome to the program. Great, great. Adrian, thank you for having me. I look forward to our discussion. Great. So, you know, Andy, before we kind of get into this whole discussion of shock absorbers and how it relates to supply chain logistics and transportation, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with AFS logistics, but some people may not be. So maybe um, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about the company, a little bit about your role there? Sure. So company was uh, founded in 1982, uh, privately held non-asset based third party logistics provider. And we support a number of services uh, to include freight audit payment and settlement, uh, managed transportation, uh, truckload brokerage, deep capability and parcel and LTL for both cost and service management. Great. In so my role, in, in my role specifically, uh, I support our North American freight forwarding, our managed transportation and our international uh, freight forwarding uh, capabilities. Great. Well, I mean, looking at across that broad spectrum of, of services, uh, I'm sure you've been quite busy over the past few years with everything that's going on, particularly in, in the transportation market from the crazy constraints and rate hikes uh, during the COVID area to now, you know, some of the dips and valleys that we've been experiencing in, uh, you know, in, in these more recent months. It has definitely been an era of volatility. I mean, we are, if you remember the old supply chain game about the, the penny game that really is about understanding the bullwhip effect, we have been living the bullwhip effect on a global scale in real time over the past three years. Yes, ab ab absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think both of, both you and I probably had a full head of hair, you know, three years ago and, and look, look what's happened. Uh, look what's happened since. But anyway, joking aside, let, let's get into the, let's get into the topic now. Uh, so TMS as a shock absorber, you know, like I said, in my uh, opening remarks, I mean, what does that mean? And why does it happen? Well, sure. So, so transportation management, generally speaking, is at the back end of everybody's output process, right? So a thing is ordered, a thing is made, configured, whatnot, and hopefully it has to be moved to where it's going to be used or consumed uh, in some way, shape, or form. And so the transportation, given that it's the last piece of the output process, receives the accumulation of all the inefficiencies and ineffectiveness upstream whether that be delayed production, uh, lack of production, uh, late materials coming inbound, um, maybe improper order processing, uh, vagaries in order sourcing, all of those things that might happen singularly or in combination on, on an order, all of a sudden come down to transportation. And then the transportation teams have to figure out, well, how do I either move this thing faster which is one way to one way to you know move from trucks to planes to use an extreme example, uh, or how do I source this differently and make that decision in in, in rapid fire real time to minimize 
compromising uh, the, the deliverable to the receiver or customer on the other end. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I remember years ago, I was talking to the uh, executive in transportation at a very large, you know, CPG company. And uh, I still remember his quote, you know, he said, you know, transportation is always the last to know. And mm -hmm. and he, he gave the, a specific example of their uh, marketing promotions team. So they would have multiple promotions groups that would do, you know, promotions for shampoo and promotions for hand soap and so forth. And he said, you know, none of those groups would talk to each other. So a lot of times, you know, the, the shampoo people and the hand soap people will run promotions during the same exact time. And of course, mm -hmm. when you run promotions, you expect an uplift in demand and sales right. and so forth. Um, but no one will bother to tell transportation about these plans. So what would happen is all of a sudden uh, there would be a request or a need to start shipping, you know, 10 extra truckloads per week over this time period that transportation didn't plan for. So now they had to scramble to your point to how are we going to meet this demand? So either they had to, you know, find some capacity at the last minute, which is very expensive. And particularly if, the, if it's a tight capacity environment, it might not be that easy to do. Um, so it just created a lot of, of added cost, a lot of running around for the transportation pr provider, uh, you know, for the transportation department. And then, you know, risk as well, because now they're at risk of not meeting you know, their customers' objectives in terms of running these, you know, promotions, you know, successfully. So it sounds like, you know, part of this shock absorber thing is it's like a lack of communication, collaboration with other functional groups within the company. It is. It's, a, it's about awareness and knowledge. And to kind of piggyback on your definition by example, I mean, years ago, I was running a, a large contract for, for uh, U.S. Department of Defense. And we got this order in that, you know, we had to move this thing from quite literally cross continent from Pacific, the Pacific coast to the U.S. Atlantic coast. And we had to move this thing and it was really long. And so it was going to require charter. It was going to cost, you know, every bit of five figures to move this thing. And we had a very smart load planner at the time who just started asking questions. You know, this thing is 12 feet long. It's eight inch square on end. Um, what is it? Well, it's a pipe. What kind of pipe? Well, a metal pipe. Well, is it specialty materials? You know, because some of those things, or you know, kind of some specialty bore on, on the inside, or very engineered uh, fittings around it. No, it's it's a gauge X aluminum pipe. So we're getting ready to spend five figures to move this thing when we can send a sailor to Ace Hardware with a P card uh, and, uh, and and pick one up uh, for not a whole lot. Um, and that again is this function of people weren't talking. All they knew is they had a need and they didn't have the thing where they needed it. But what was it? What are the rules around it? And how do you understand how to source different categories of material with different levels of urgency and different alternatives if you don't have what you need? So it really does come down to, you know, people talking at the end yeah. of the day. Well, I think that, that leads me, you know, to, to, to my next question, which is, you know, what, what actions can, you know, companies take to prevent this from happening? That is, you know, to prevent the transportation and logistics operations, you know, and organizations from taking the brunt of, again, these poorly laid plans or lack of communication, lack of data and so forth. Sure. Well, I think for me, I like to think of it in terms of people thinking outside of their functions. Okay. Um, and, and, and I also think it's important just a word of change management like to the transportation folks, you know, don't go in, you know, with the victim mentality. We're all here together to make this all work, right? So just thinking outside your function and, and really, you know, I would frame the conversation inside an organization as how do you focus on the handoffs? 
the handoffs into one functional process and the handoffs out of that one functional process. So if you focus on that, um, you know, again, thinking about inbound receiving, if I'm an inbound, if I'm running a warehouse and I'm receiving things, you know, I need to know what's coming at me as opposed to every day being Christmas when I open up the dock doors and see, see how many trailers I have and how, how full the trailers are and what kind of stuff. So, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm running inbound transportation and I'm supporting a distribution center, it's important for me to think outside of, did I get the truck there on time? Okay. Yes, that's important. It absolutely is important, but it's also important that I let the receiving team know, here's the wave of trucks you're seeing. Here's the stuff that's going to be on them. So they can start planning labor and start planning their shifts and things of that nature. And again, what's the ripple effect? Well, if I receive things on time and in order, I can stock them on time and in order, which means I can drop and allocate orders against that inventory and get them out the door to my customer in the same orderly fashion. Okay. So really, I think it's all about thinking, which is think outside your function and focus on the handoffs, both in and out. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, for so long, I mean, you know, having been an industry analyst now for, for over 24 years, I mean, especially, you know, we always talk about the functional silos, right? So you've got logistics yep. and you've got manufacturing and you've got sales and marketing and, you know, and, and the list goes on. But even within transportation, you've always had these silos, right? You had inbound and you had outbound yep. and 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 th those two didn't communicate or collaborate, you know, very effectively as well. And, and I think, you know, one of the terms I hear a lot about today relative to what you were just talking about is particularly in terms of breaking down these silos is kind of better orchestration, you know, supply chain orchestration. Um, but, but I'm kind of curious. I mean, so I, you know, when you first engage with prospective clients, I mean, is this concept of you're talking about, you know, this taking more holistic perspective, this supply chain orchestration approach, is that something they're thinking about when they, they approach you uh, and something that they want to enable? Some, some do. Some do, but more often the, the conversation starts about immediate pain. I have a problem with, okay, my costs are too high. My OTIF is too low. I have too much inventory of this. I have too little inventory of that. Um, so that's usually where the conversation starts, which is, and, and again, it's all about the symptoms, right? The, the symptom is inventory. The symptom is poor delivery rate. The symptom is um customer chargebacks for non-compliant deliveries and things of that nature. When, and then you can then elevate that conversation through largely a series of five why type conversations. Well, why is that? Well, why is that? Why is the other? You know, do all that fishbone diagramming. Um, and ultimately that leads people to really see, uh, gee whiz, that happens because I didn't know about that. Or that happens because the other party wasn't properly informed about something else. Uh, whether it be fullness of information, uh, accuracy of information, or timeliness of information. So that when you get that conversation, people don't always use the words, uh, uh, the acronym SCO, but that's really what it's all talking about. Right. I, I love that you brought up the five whys. I mean, I, back in the day, before I started in the, as an industry analyst, I worked in manufacturing new product development at, at Motorola. That's where I started my career. And we used to use the five whys. Um, you know, a lot as part of the whole lean six Sigma and, and, uh, and all that, it was kind of part of the, uh, uh, what we, we were all trained on, but you know, that really helps you get to the root cause of a lot of these symptoms that, that you talked about. And I think unless you take that more holistic uh, approach, more system wide approach, you end up kind of in, in this whack-a-mole scenario, because if you hyper-focus on, let's say 
the transportation symptom, you know, you might be creating problems from an inventory perspective or from a manufacturing perspective or, or vice versa. If you hyper-focus on the inventory side of things, you know, you might then create problems on the transportation side. So really, you, you know, I think where I've seen the most success are companies that really take this kind of, uh, you know, balanced scorecard approach where you really have metrics in place that are really cutting across, you know, the the end-to-end supply chain and then have the the processes and the technology and the the you know the perspective internally for for everyone to be asking these questions and looking at it not only within their own particular function but really across the, the oh, different absolutely. functions. You have to always look downstream and question what are the unintended consequences of the decision or set of decisions we're getting ready to make. And game through them. Now again, you don't want to get caught up in analysis paralysis, certainly, but a healthy pause to ensure that we're not doing something reckless or ill-informed <laughs> that may look great in my desk, but not great over there. Uh, that that's an important thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, so can can you share with us, you know, some some customer examples of again this supply chain orchestration in action, and and how is technology, you know, helping you to to enable it? Well, well, sure. So, you know, vendor inbound is kind of one of the classic places to start. Um, you know, it's not uncommon that a lot of, you know, kind of the vendor management activity uh, is really led by the procurement teams. Okay. Um, and so getting the procurement teams plugged into what does the manufacturing distribution operations want, depending on if you're a manufacturer or distributor of things, right, uh, make, make, makes that difference. And then start understanding what's important. Well, you know what, if, if I'm running a manufacturing plant, I really don't care when a vendor ships anything. What I care is when it delivers. Do I have it when I need it? So this concept of changing focus instead of, you know, kind of, you know, input-based measures, did it ship? Outcome-based measures, did I get it? Okay, on time, in full, whatnot. And so using uh, technology platforms like Canaxis, which is one that we, we, we decided to use uh, and deploy and run vendor management programs whereby we can publish, we can understand the rules, publish the plan schedules, understand what has and hasn't been done, and then make all of that activity broadly available to all the stakeholders in the process. And oh, by the way, if you have complete, consistent stream of information, then you can start making transportation decisions around that, that are both effective and efficient. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that's a, that's a great example. And I think you know uh, one of the points you said there. I think one of the, one of the key areas that technology is, I think, playing a bigger and bigger role, a more important role is, you know, I, I think historically technology was viewed, uh, a lot of enterprise software was viewed as something that was within the four walls of the of the company, and and certainly you know there are certain functions or certain things that are meant only for inside the four walls of of the company, but when we are talking about you know, supply chain, logistics, uh, those processes by and large are inherently multi-enterprise um, multi related. Yep. You've got multiple vendors, you've got multiple truck, you know, uh, logistics service providers involved, suppliers, and the list goes on. So a key, a key capability from a technology standpoint is making sure that the right information, the right data, um, is available to all the stakeholders that are involved in that process. And, and then the ability to, for each of those stakeholders to operate off of that um, common set of data to execute their part of the process, you know, as efficiently. And, and, and nowadays with AI and all that, 
you know, uh, as automated as, as possible. So, 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 I mean, are you seeing that now with the kind of the evolution of AI machine learning that playing a bigger role in this as well? Well, it, it is, I mean, it, it's iterating, you know, much, much more quickly. And, you know, what, what I've found is, you know, when you start thinking about transportation as part of a greater trading partner relationship across whatever ecosystem you're in, all right. Uh, and you start thinking, well, gee whiz, now maybe it's not just about rating and mode selection and what color truck am I going to have bump the dock, but you know there are other types of decisions that can be more more rapidly made with some of these new technologies. I.e., if within your not again, don't think of it as a TMS anymore. Think of it as an SEO platform. Okay, if you start exposing inventory into that platform, again, it's not a WMS system. That's not it's not here to replace that. But if you can inform what inventory is where you can start using these platforms to make dynamic sourcing decisions. Uh, if just you have to have to happen to have a stock out in one location, because no matter how efficient we are, we're not 100 percent effective and efficient. <laughs> right? Um, you can make those plan B decisions very quickly. Um, and, yeah, you're a little bit of a shock absorber, but it's a bit of a speed bump now, as opposed to a massive pothole and having to go to the dealership and get a new tire, which, by the way, I had to do just a couple months ago myself. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's it, well, it's either a shock absorber. You, you have to get new shock absorbers, like I do, or a new tire because uh, yeah. you know it's a blowout. Um, well, well, Andy, I think we, we we've covered a lot of ground here, and and I, I'm sure we can probably speak for for uh, you know hours on all aspects of this. But maybe as a way to to summarize, I mean, what what advice would you give to companies as they're thinking of ways to position themselves for success moving forward, particularly from a supply chain logistics perspective? Sure. I mean, I, I would certainly investigate and embrace technology, but do not think that technology in and of itself is the full solution. Okay. I would use technology as a means to operationalize and deploy change in process, change in thinking. Okay. So if all you do is take your existing processes with all their goodness and maybe all their inefficiencies and just drop them in a new piece of technology, all you'll probably find is that same thing gets rep gets gets replicated faster. <laughs> okay. Which might have some benefit to it, you know, the speed, but that's not the full benefit. The bigger benefit is, you know, the broader visibility, the more informed decision making, and and the better coordinated activity across all the stakeholders in the process. So embrace your technology, but don't think of the technology as the start and stop and end of the entire process. And the other thing, too, back to your comment about uh, dashboards and metrics that matter, you know, really focus on outcome based measures. OK, that's really where it is. Did I achieve the goal as opposed to did I collect enough inputs? Yeah, great, great, great advice there, Andy. And again, um, I, I appreciate you sharing your insights and advice on, on this topic. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that many of our viewers uh you know, at a minimum, have got some food for thought and at least a, a starting point in terms of, you know, how to start thinking about uh, how not to make their transportation or get out of the 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 practice of making their t transportation department in the TMS, the uh, the shock absorber of, yep. of their operations. So again, thank you for making the time. Oh, glad to, Adrian. And thanks for the engaging conversation. I had a lot of fun. Great. I want to thank those of you that uh, joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Canaxis website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Andy, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for watching and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.